When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers To Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Hello and welcome to the It's All Cobblers to Me preview show, the fan-led podcast all about Northampton Town's next match. I'm Charles Commons, and this week the Cobblers welcome Newport County to Sixfields. And so I'm joined by Ed Bridges, host of the Newport Fans podcast, the 1912 Exiles. It's great to have you here, Ed. How are you? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Um, feeling a little bit better probably than I think most county fans were a couple of weeks ago, but we'll we'll come on to the reasons why that is perhaps later on. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's go back to last season to start, shall we? Um, the Cobblers won both fixtures 1-0. John Guthrie scored at your place at Rodney Parade. And Fraser Horsall got the goal at Sixfields back in February. So that was the centre-backs dominating those two last year. Um, you finished 11th in the end. Um, I'm wondering how much, if at all, that was a disappointment considering the playoff final defeat the year before. Yeah, I mean, last year was a funny old season. And in fact, yeah, thinking back to that game uh, at Roddy Parade last September, September 2021, I, I just looked up uh, what I'd scribbled down in my diary about it at the time. And uh, I said, yeah, Northampton did the simple stuff well. Newport County didn't. This isn't a promotion winning team, which uh, turned out to be very prescient. I'm not normally that good. Um, but last year, yeah, we, we'd come off the back of the playoff uh, final defeat to Morecambe. Um, we started the, sle- the season fairly poorly under Mike Flynn. It was clear that something wasn't quite right off the off the pitch. And, you know, there were rumours that Flynn had sort of handed his notice in after that playoff final defeat and was just seeing out his, uh, the, his notice period. And that is basically what ended up happening. He, he left um, at the end of September, um, ended up, going off to to manage Walsall. And we had James Robry come in to manage us, who was um, extremely highly rated. He was the the youngest coach to receive, to get his all of his badges within the Welsh uh, set-up in the Welsh uh, FA. Um, he was a, a coach at Cardiff City, um, but he was a Newport boy. He'd been a Newport County um, mascot and ball boy back in the days when we were playing in exile in Morton in Marsh. You know, it was a kind of dream come true. I think his... His dad had possibly played for the club, and you know there was a feeling of well, this is this is meant to be, um, and it started out 
brilliantly. After that slow start to the season, Robbery gradually got us playing some beautiful football. We put together a great run over Christmas and January and started getting uh, higher and higher up the table. And at one point, I think we're in the automatic places. Um, And then the wheels came off sort of March onwards. um, And and by the time we got to April, it it was pretty obvious we weren't going to make the playoffs. And yeah, we ended up finishing a a distant 11th, which um, was disappointing, but it it felt like it was a tired squad. Um, But alarm bells didn't really start to ring um, until we got a fair bit into this season. I think we felt we'd signed fairly well over the summer. Um, and most people were thinking, okay, well, we we sort of came up a bit short last year, but we've we built well. We've got a, this great young manager. It's all going to be uh, good from here on. Um, and it just it never quite clicked this season. We um, we were shipping sloppy goals every single week. Um, we'd lost a lot of the great creative players we had last season on loan and hadn't replaced them with similar quality. Uh, we'd obviously lost Dom Telford, who banged in 25 goals for us last year. Um, and we, yeah, we just, we'd never found our rhythm. Um, and it ended with uh, James Robbery getting uh, sacked a couple of weeks ago, um, which was a, a kind of gut wrenching moment for the fans and for the club and, and for him. Everyone had been desperate for it to work out, but um, it hadn't. Uh, and, you know, we, we find ourselves. Not in a relegation scrap exactly yet. It's too early to to be saying that, but it, needing to get some points and needing to sort out that dodgy defence. Um, and yeah, so it, a week ago we brought in uh, Graham Coughlin, uh, who formerly managed at, at um, Bristol Rovers successfully in Mansfield, slightly less successfully. Uh, and we are we're two games into the Coughlin era, and and so far so good. You know, we got a, a win on Saturday. Um, admittedly that comes with a, a whopping great asterisk next to it because it was against Colchester who I think look like a, a dreadful team um, and we get to play them again in the cup <laughs> we got the next so that, that sounds good um, and then we uh, we got a draw last night at Mansfield a nil-nil draw um, and I'm I'm one of these people who says a nil-nil is never ever a bad result uh, but particularly at Field Mill where we always get spanked um, we got a good, a good away point so we're you know, four four points from two games, two clean sheets, and uh, the early signs suggest we're not going to be pretty to watch this season. We are going to be grimly effective. You know, even against at home to Colchester, one nil up against a dreadful team. You know, from eighty minutes onwards, we were kicking it into the corners and trying to kind of manage the game, um, which doesn't exactly get the pulse racing much. But I think we'll do what we need to get to 40 points, 45 points, and then perhaps we can start thinking, hopefully, about how we can uh, evolve the playing style. You mentioned him before, Dom Telford. Obviously, top top goal scorer in the league, more or less, for pretty much the whole season. Losing him, but then not seeing him go up a level, that must have been a bit of a... Smack in the face, shall we say? Uh, look, he was out of contract. We knew he was going to go. Um, we knew he would get a uh, a lucrative offer from somewhere. It's a short playing career. If he can go off and earn a shed load of money playing at the same level, then good luck to him. Um, I think I expected him probably to go a league higher. 
but you know if Crawley want to throw a load of money at it and he's happy to go and play there then then fine there's no uh, resentment from our side I don't think you know he did really well for County um, we loved watching him last season um, but there was a slight feeling that he probably isn't going to score 25 goals in a season again it just so happened that all the stars aligned last year I think he's a good player and I'm surprised he's not got more this season but I didn't expect he would go off and have another season like the one he just had so um, the only sad thing from our point of view is that we didn't get a fee for him but like I say he was out of contract so it's it's one of those Um, if we're going to talk about players who left county last season who um, I I thought might have stayed then can we talk about Ryan Haynes a little bit who yeah absolutely uh, yeah, so um, I'm uh, a lot of Newport fans kind of shrug their shoulders about Haynes going. You know, he'd done all right, um, and uh, but some felt we could maybe recruit better, uh, a better replacement. Um, now I love Ryan Haynes. Um, he is my eldest son's favourite player, or was my eldest son's favourite player uh, while he was at County because uh, my my eldest is a, a, a defender. Um, and Ryan Haynes came and gave him a t-shirt that he was wearing in a warm-up or something at one point and my eldest has worn that to bed pretty much every night for the last like two years um so you know you always look out for certain players and I I always felt with Ryan Haynes he was never the most exhilarating player to watch but what he did do he was always like a proper seven or eight out of ten steady eddy of a left back you knew exactly what you were going to get occasionally he'd pop up and score a worldie out of nowhere but mostly he would mark his man win balls play sensible passes he'd get a nosebleed as soon as he got over the halfway line um but like as a kind of good solid fourth division fullback i thought he was a great player um and uh when I saw him sign for Northampton, I thought you've you've done well there. So tell me, tell me how Mr. Haynes is getting on <laughs> uh, at Sixfields. Uh, well, um, I would call him a wing back for us rather than a full back, mainly because that's how we tend to try and set up with three at the back and then two wing backs. Um, he's definitely our backup. So Ali Koiki is our you know first team left back or left wing back. Um, Koike is very attacking, so that's what we expect from Ryan Haynes as well. Um, we've seen a little bit more of him than I think I expected to because Koike's, there was a bit of an illness in the squad, so Koike got came down with that for a couple of games. Um, I think he also started the season with an injury, so Ryan Haynes um, actually made his debut and scored in the opening day of the season getting a last minute winner against Colchester Um, although as you're finding out that's not difficult to do Uh, and um, but yeah he's he's doing well for us I wouldn't say I, I think like you've said there he's not set the world alight getting that getting that winner on the first day of the season has so far been the top level that he's reached but I, I'm very, very happy and, and comfortable with him in the side. Um, it, it's one of those, actually, because I didn't realise this. And I, when I was looking through the transfers that you'd made, you see, and, and, and the ones that I say you let go, but that, that left you um, in pre-season, I didn't actually realise... Right, he's 26. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought he was 
younger than that for some reason in my mind. I, I don't know whether that's because quite a lot of our players are a fair bit younger. Um, and the signings that we tend to make, unless you're called Danny Hilton, are under 30. <laughs> um, but, I, yeah, that that was the one thing that's kind of surprised me about him. But having heard what you've said about how you felt about him at Newport last season and before that, that that rings true now and doesn't surprise me that Steady Eddie does his job well, which I think he, I think he does. I can't think of a of a bad game that he's had. Yeah, um, I, like like you say, yeah. I think where he came unstuck at County was when we wanted him to get into more advanced positions and and yeah like you we were we, we play a uh, a wing back system and and it, it it maybe that wasn't his strength getting forward and and we've replaced him this season with a lad called Adam Lewis who we've got on loan from Liverpool who has taken a few months to really get up to speed but last Saturday I think was one of our best players um and he's one who is fairly average defensively but what he does really nicely is bomb forward you know he got the cross on Saturday that um set up the goal so um I think we've we've taken a bit of a gamble in terms of signing more attacking options to play in that left wing back position that perhaps Haynes offered I mean just to stay on the the players bit for you for a little while um you've pretty much got a whole new forward line all four players um that I've got down here are all new from this summer. Uh, one of which uh, we had on loan last year in Chankazimba. How's he been doing for you? Because I've noticed he has been playing, only scored in the cup though. Yeah, so Zimba, he was a strange signing in some ways. Um, we, we brought in a lot of players who either had a Cardiff City connection or were, were loanees from Cardiff City because... James Robry, our former manager, uh, had been a coach there. And so he was bringing in players who he had worked with. And Zimba was obviously one of those. But having brought in Chanka Zimba, Robry hardly led him onto the pitch. unless, And he'd bring him on with like five minutes to go. And I always think that's a that's a shitty move to, to do for a striker in particular. You know, they can't come on and be expected to change a game in that time. And so all you're giving them is a, a bad stat of another game without a goal. Unless your name is Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, then yes. I yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we were, I, I felt we didn't really, we weren't really being very fair with, with Jan Kazimba. We were singing him on and, and he wasn't affecting games. Um, we have started seeing a little bit more of him. I, I think it's fair to say he's not set the world on fire uh, yet. And it may be that we, he's one we let go back um, in, in January. I don't know, but um yeah, he's he's been underwhelming. He was one I I had high hopes for, um, but yeah, it really hasn't quite. He's not just it just hasn't quite worked. I don't know. Like, how does that compare to your experience? Yeah, I I think he for me, I wanted to see him get a bit more of a run in the side than he managed to with us. Now, if I remember rightly, I think he did pick up an injury, or he maybe didn't come. We we have. I don't know whether you find this with your loanies that come in that are youngsters from higher level clubs but like you said about your Liverpool loanie take they take a while to get up to match sharpness match fitness and it's not just like two or three games it's a while and it felt like that was the case with Zimba but also with a lot of the players that we signed 
last season especially, maybe some of the ones that we've signed this summer as well. And although he showed really good technique at times, and I think he scored a couple of goals that were absolutely brilliant, but the amount of one-on-ones he missed, and yes, it's good that he was getting into those positions, don't get me wrong, it's so frustrating when you're basically watching a golden opportunity. I know nothing about how XG works, but I can guarantee you it would have been a very, very high-scoring XG thing every time he got one-on-one and he would he would fluff his lines, unfortunately. I, I sort of wonder whether his problem is he's he's not stellar at any one particular thing. Like, he's quick, but he's not super quick. He's strong, but he's not super strong. And so sometimes you have that thing of going, well, where, where does he fit in? You know, we're not going to bring him on for like Omar Bogle, you know, if we if we need someone to hold the ball up, because that's not quite his game. We're not going to start him ahead of like uh, a friendly Zanzala because we need someone who's got that extra bit of pace. So I think it, it's slightly that he's he's a good all-rounder, but actually a good all-rounder can sometimes be quite a frustrating thing in a squad. Yeah, I think it it's... It's not cricket, is it? Essentially, yeah, yeah, where yeah. that really does work yeah. with football, it, it, it's not quite there. He's young, though. That's the thing, is that he's got plenty of time to basically find out which or what type of player he is and which of those will actually be successful for him. So it, it's, it is one of those. I look forward to You know, I hope he does well. I hope he does well for you guys. Um, but... At the same time, it's it's one of those where I, I do think Willie Willie make it. The, the jury's definitely still out for me on him. Um, but a player that seems to have actually done well at you know with you for out of thin air almost. I'll say you've mentioned him already, Omar Bogle. I mean he's he's scored half of your goals that you've scored in the league, and okay, you've only got twelve so far. But to score six, and that's better than the five goals he got all season last year for Hartlepool. Um, I think actually when I looked at him and I went back and, and, and looked through his career, that's the best goal scoring season he's had since he played for Grimsby, which I presume was down in the National League where he got a, a decent amount. And that was five, six years ago now. I... He blows a little bit hot and cold, Omar Bogle. He started the season in great form. We thought, oh, we cracked it with this lad. And then he sort of had a had a month of going a little bit quiet. Um, but I think we just what we need to sort out now under the new manager is getting the right service to him. And I feel like we're we're starting to do that and, and find the right partner as well. Um pre-season, start of the season, he was with uh, Oz Zanzala and that was going really well. Zanzala got injured and we never quite re- worked out who to play up alongside Bogle. Now we're playing him at the moment up front with a lad called Will Evans, who we signed from uh, Ballatown in the Welsh League, who is a real handful. And the two of them, although they're quite similar players, they're both big and strong and fast and industrious. Um, they seem to feed quite well off each other. So... Um, I think that's part of it with Bogle is he needs to have the right partner and the right, you know, the the it your whole ethos needs to be based around creating chances for him. But he will take them, um, and he's yeah he's already kind of acquired cult status uh, amongst county fans. Just you know he's super cool, and the goals he was getting at the start of the season and the celebrations of them were were fab. So um, yeah, he's 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 done well. Good. Um, 
So Cochran then, first of all, thank you for establishing how you say his name. You're welcome, um, yeah, Cocker. Because that was definitely one of the things that I think the whole of the Football League seemed to just not really quite understand and were getting wrong, despite, as you say, him already managing two clubs in Bristol Rovers and Mansfield. Um, he's obviously had an impact straight away. You've picked up four points from the, the two games that he's been in charge. Granted, as you said, one of them's against Colchester at home and with all due respect to them, you'd expect to beat them at home. I think any team would would say that this season. Um, But Mansfield away, that is a good result, as you said. Um, It would be a great result for us. We hate playing them. Um, obviously it is Cochrane's, you know, former team that he's going back to, and I'm sure he will have been drilling into your players. Look, I do not want to come out of here without at least a point. That would have been his aim was to kind of show the Mansfield fans that he wasn't as bad as they thought he was. Um, and believe me, they thought he was bad by all accounts from what I've heard from different sections. What, what has Cochrane actually done? with Newport how how has he changed it? it it he has injected some much needed pragmatism um uh, and i i keep getting told off by my uh, fellow uh, po- uh, podcasters because i use the pragmatism word all the time robry was a, a a good manager but like a lot of first time managers he was wedded to his philosophy um of playing pretty football and he didn't necessarily have the players to do that. And there were times when we just needed to not play ugly, but just say, right, we're going to need... It's that, it's that old cliche. You've got to earn the right to play at, at this level. And sometimes you do have to be prepared to be a little bit more physical in the middle of the park so that you can then get the ball at your feet and, and do the uh, do the stuff, the pretty stuff. Um, and what Coughlin has, has done, I think, um, is he's picked a, a relatively experienced eleven, but the main thing has been rather than worry about possession stats, it's possession with a purpose. And it was really obvious on Saturday. You know, we weren't seeing our goalkeeper play a six-yard pass from a goal kick, and then the defense would pass it along the line, and then back again, and then back to the keeper, and and you know you. It's great in terms of keeping possession, frustrating the opposition, but you make one mistake and you're gifting the opposition a chance. So instead, you know, we weren't punting it long, but it was very much, right, we get the ball, we get it out wide to our creative players and we get it forward quickly and we try and create opportunities. And um, that, I think, is going to be how we we get the, the goals that we need in order to win some games. But it also means we're not going to make the defensive errors that were costing us. And and it was defensive errors week in, week out that were meaning we were losing games we should otherwise have been winning. Um, and it, it generally came because players were trying to keep possession. Um, uh, and some, sometimes in this league, you do just need to be pragmatic and direct. Yeah, I, I agree with you that. The amount of times that I've seen teams in this league who try and play out from the back. Just do that thing where it's literally, as you described it perfectly, goalkeeper kicks it out to centre-back, who then passes it back to the keeper, who then looks for the other centre-back. Then it goes across the line and, and this, that. And it. We, we, we were likening it to that Simpsons episode where they... Um... They kind of parody European football and say, you know, the defender passes it to the midfielder, the midfielder back to the defender, holds it, 
holds it. <laughs> yes. You know, and, and that was what it was like watching Newport for all of August and September was we would just play it back and forward along the line, even if we were one goal, two goals down. And you think, we, like, get it forward. We're not going to score any goals in our own half. Yeah, I think it's one of those. The, the fact that doing it with purpose is is great, and I think that's something that we've done really well this season, is that we will get the ball out from, and we will play it out from the back, but we'll get it to Mark Leonard, who is our playmaker, who sits in that hole just in front of the back three or two, depending on what we're playing, and he's the one that will then dictate what happens. Now, sometimes, yes, it has to go back or sideways, but it's always with a a look to get it forward and, and, and to actually go and do something with it, with a purpose, as you say. And to be fair, I think Tuesday night's game against Sutton, where uh, we we threw away a two-goal lead at half-time to uh, you know, only come out with a point. The first half is some of the best football I've seen us play. And Leonard was, again, at the heart of it. Um, He was superb and he got his first ever professional goal as well, which was was great to see. Um, I I worry sometimes that when you see it, this this playing it around at the back, you're basically just inviting that pressure on. And, And for years I used to, and I still do, I laugh at any crew fan, because essentially, whenever we play them, you can guarantee we'll score at least one goal because of their insistence on tapping it around at the back. And we will just press them in, into making a mistake. Because at this level, unfortunately, players just aren't good enough to do it consistently where they won't make a mistake. And if if that's something that Cochrane has immediately identified and just gone, right, stop then you are going to at least give yourself a chance, I feel, of sort of nullifying that threat that we definitely pose, our, 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 pe- our press at the top of the pitch for anybody that decides to do that. You know, we will force teams into into a mistake. I th- you know, we won't necessarily always score from them. That doesn't happen. But that's our one of our biggest strengths and certainly has been when we've come up against those teams. So if you're immediately, to my mind now, saying that you're going to be playing a little bit more direct with more purpose, then that's going to take that out of the equation for us and that's going to mean that we're going to have to find another way of getting through you and therefore you know, winning the game. Um, I'm wondering whether, based on the fact that we've both played Saturday, Tuesday, whether... You guys saw anything uh, in terms of legginess or tiredness from your players? Because that's the one thing that I'm really worried about at the moment with the Cobblers. We've had a lot of injuries. Uh, Danny Hilton suspended, so that's one forward out of the equation. We've also had um, uh, a couple of suspensions that have happened as well. Ben Fox is out serving his second of three. We're looking leggy, and that's essentially why Sutton came back in the game on Tuesday night. Um was because we were just knackered and did did silly things as you do when you're tired it's not just physically it's also mentally as well and you make silly decisions which i think is what essentially happened for their equalizer in the end um is there anything can you give me any hope that you guys are feeling tired as well ed they they will be tired so we played the same starting 11 last night at, at mansfield as we played at home on saturday against colchester and uh, Coughlin was in the South Wales Argus today 
saying effectively he's going to stick with that same starting eleven until people make mistakes. You know, I think his the, the quote was, um, "Once you've got the shirt, keep the bloody shirt." Um, so you know, so he wants his players to um, to to stay in that starting lineup by being consistent, um, and so there's a good chance we may well stick with the same the same starting eleven on Saturday, and that there may be some fatigue. Um, whether that will happen, I think there's a there's a good chance of it. Um, you know, having gone gone and kept two clean sheets, I think there's there's going to be um, a strong rationale for saying, well, look, let's stick with particularly the same back line because it, you know, we're keeping clean sheets where we weren't before. Um, I think that's um, that's partly down to tactics, but I think it's also down to the presence of uh, Priestley Farquharson, who is another player we signed from the Welsh leagues. Um, you know, a a kind of strong, athletic, ball-playing centre-half. He's one who's been prone to making mistakes when he's had the ball at his feet. But um, on Saturday against uh, Colchester, he was marking John Akindi and had him in his pocket for 90 minutes. So um, I think we'll, we'll, we probably will stick with the same starting eleven. There may well be some tiredness, but I think probably it's the right call. OK, OK. Um, I know it's only been two games that Cockman's had but are there any weaknesses that you can sort of see that maybe we might look to exploit I'm not asking you to give away any secrets because I'm pretty sure (laughs) that I know a lot less than John Brady does right now Uh, but is there anything there that Cobblers fans might spot on the day that they might say oh we've definitely seen that and gone for it the 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 biggest thing apart from our uh centre-backs not necessarily being blessed with pace or or being um, the most comfortable with the ball at their feet. I think the biggest weakness we've got is uh, we are physically a little light in the centre of the park. Um, and the one thing I think we're most likely to try to sign in January is a strong centre, central midfielder who, you know, not someone who can play football, but someone who can stop other teams playing football. Um, you know, at the moment, Scott Bennett does some of that, but um, what we what we miss is someone like you know Joss Labadee, uh, who used to be with us, is now with Walsall. That that kind of player. Um, so yeah, someone who who can dominate central midfield, I think, is is probably uh, something that would cause us uh, problems. Okay. Sounds like Sean McWilliams better be fit <laughs> in that case. Uh, <laughs> lovely stuff, Ed. Um, Always ask for predictions to round things off. Um, I'll, I'll go first, just to give you... So my, my, my prediction, I'm going for a, a 2-1 win for the Cobblers. I, I've got to say that uh, we... It, it's weird, because we had a great result against Stevenage on Saturday, going to their place and winning 3-2. Um, but then to follow that up with the 2 all draw, which felt more like a loss than it did picking up a point if it definitely felt like two points lost um if those results had been the other way around i'd be feeling a, a lot happier if we'd have got the draw at stevenage and won last night on, on tuesday it would have been a lot a lot better but i do feel like that we need to go in with a purpose of going right no only three points is going to be good enough for this game um because we can't keep dropping them and although this legginess, this tiredness is definitely something that is there in the squad and, and we can't deny it. 
I'll be honest, I'm getting annoyed with it and I'm getting as much as there isn't anything that we can do about injuries. There isn't anything we can do about the illness that's gone through and wiped a few out. There's nothing I can do about players picking up stupid red cards, but it still really frustrates me and annoys me. So I think John Brady's going to send us out to basically try and tear you apart and, and make the fans at least leave at the end of 90 minutes feeling no right good we're back on track even though it's not necessarily a case that we've fallen off that track yet the end of Tuesday night did feel a little bit deflating so I'll go for two on I've I've got this horrible feeling horrible feeling that Omar Boga will score for you because well just because I've just got it's one of those it's a very strange thing I mean a few people would turn around and argue um, it'll be Zimba's time to shine. He'll want to come and come back to us and get a goal, but um, if he doesn't play, he can't score. So yeah, maybe yeah, he yeah. won't be given the minutes again. Uh, but yeah, two-one cobblers for me, Ed. What what are you going for? I'm delighted to hear that Danny Hilton is suspended because he is exactly the sort of striker. Uh, who scores against Newport County. I mean, I, I I quite like Danny Hilton. I know that's not a very fashionable thing to say because he's a proper kind of lower league shithouse. But um, I, I think every team needs someone like Danny Hilton in it. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm relieved that he's not playing against us. Um, as for what will happen, ah, I suspect we are not going to go three games in a row keeping a clean sheet. So I, I suspect you will get a goal. Um, I will be optimistic and say 1-1 because... I just feel like we've got our tails up at the minute. And if we could get to the end of that first week of Copland's reign with uh, a home win and then two away draws at places where we tend to not get very good results, um, that would be excellent. That would be, you know, job done. They can go off, have a have a week's break before they beat Colchester in the Cup. And then we've got the, the small matter of uh, Leicester City away in the uh, Energy Drinks uh, Cup. So... Um, yeah, I think if we can if we can get a point, uh, I would be absolutely delighted. So I'll say one one. Brilliant. Thanks very much, Ed. Um, thank you for that. Where can we find you on social media? Where can we find the podcast? Uh, we are at nineteen twelve exiles on Twitter and nineteen twelve exiles podcast on uh, Facebook. And uh, yeah, I think on Saturday. Uh, we have a listener, Phil, uh, who lives in Northampton, who I believe is going to be in corporate hospitality. I think his, uh, he's got a relative who's got a birthday. So I, I'm hoping that we're going to speak with him and have a full match report from him on uh, on Sunday. Brilliant. Lovely stuff. Um, thank you for coming along, Ed. It's been a pleasure speaking to you. And uh, thank you for listening as well. We'll be back in your ears on Tuesday as we look back on this one. And uh, any other news that comes out of Six Fields over the next few days. And then next weekend, it is the FA Cup. And uh, we're away at Chesterfield, so we'll try and find a Chesterfield fan for next week's preview show. But until then, see you soon. Bye-bye. Hi Cobblers fans, Charles here. Just before the podcast starts, I want to tell you about Planet League. Uh, Planet League is an online tournament which is designed to get football club fans competing against each other to be better at doing nice things for the environment. Um, It's 
something that has taken place uh, before, uh, a year or so ago, where the Cobblers actually finished second to Cambridge United in the overall tournament. It would be great, the Community Trust runs this, and it would be great if we could show our support to the Northampton Town Community Trust by getting involved. Basically, you go green for your team with the Planet League. For every action you take, you score goals for your favourite football club. This is the place where top Premier League sides can be humbled by National League teams, where scores can reach their hundreds in the fight for football and climate glory. It's down to the fans. The more you do, the more you help your club. All you need to do, dead easy to sign up, go to planetleague.co.uk, sign up, it's all free of course, pop in the fact that you're a Cobblers fan and then get stuck in to loads of different ways to show your support for Northampton Town Community Trust and the fight for climate change. Good luck, have fun with it, honestly. Show us what you're doing on Twitter. Tag us in it, at Cobblers to Me. It'll be great fun. Planetleague.co.uk. Go get signed up now. Sports Social Podcast Network.